This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mix in just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries. Hey. Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Pauly, and their dog Ninja. Good morning, Officer Rob. Indianapolis Police Department. Sir, can I see some identification? Well, good morning, officer. That's an awfully nice bulge there in your pants. You don't meet too many, uh, too many Ohio boys, do you? Now, cut the fruitcake stuff. Do you care to explain why you're dressed like some kind of scarlet woman street walker out here flagging people down? Yes, yeah, I... <laughs> that's, a good, that's a really good question. I do a podcast, and we have a live show here in Indianapolis in just a few weeks. I was just trying to spread the word with flyers and hand jo- uh, handshakes. Can you step out of the vehicle? There's a very strong odor coming from this vehicle. Not to worry, officer. I always smell like shit. No. I smell alcohol. Get out of the car. Wait, 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 wait. Do you know the difference between your mom and this ticket you're about to give me? What's that? <laughs> I'm going to tear them both up tonight. All right, you're coming with me. Join Nick and Rob from Ohio, Justin Rimmel from Mysterious Circumstances, and Jerry and Tracy from Hillbilly Horror Stories live. That's right, Rob Dog. Saturday, June 22nd at Gina's Grill in Indianapolis, Indiana. Tickets are just $15 and they are going fast. Just do a quick Google search for the bad boys and Tracy and Indy, or you can check out eventbrite.com. All of the tickets are available there. Nick, Rob, Justin, Tracy, and Jerry cannot wait to see you there. Mm, see you there. Bye. I'm going to have me fun. <laughs> Fortnite's the awesomest game because I play it every time at Santa Claus. And who are you? Logan. <laughs> I'm Elena, and happy Father's Day. So these are three grandkids, and you guys heard something on the podcast that y'all thought was really funny. And what was it? Winky. What was funny, Logan? When Grandma said when someone was peeing by a grave in the bush, she said, Cut your winky off! I hope his wiener fell off. (laughs) I do it! So, should Grandma have said that? No. Was that bad? Was that a bad Grandma? Yes. No. Yeah. You don't wish for people's wieners to fall off, do you? No. No, no. Never? No. no. Never. I'll never say Never, never, ever. I'll never do it. Never. All right. Everybody, tell everybody bye. Bye. Bye.
Hey guys, welcome to episode 150 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. I'm Tracy. Happy Father's Day, yo! As you could hear, that was our grandkids at the uh, front of the show wishing everybody a happy Father's Day and talking about Tracy's foul mouth. Um, yeah, that was embarrassing for my soul. <laughs> but they thought it was pretty funny. That's all that really matters. <laughs> we got an awesome story tonight. And I mean that. Well, I'm sure you do, babe. Anyways, um, real quick, just a reminder, since it is only a week away, the Indianapolis show with Brohio and Mysterious Circumstances is next Saturday. So at the time you're hearing this, you have less than a week to get your tickets. That's true. And tickets are starting to run short. Yeah, you guys, come on. So anyways, we want to thank all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. We do appreciate y'all so much. Keep you in our prayers, and thank you for keeping us safe. And as on all holidays, and I know this is just a holiday in the U.S., but still, um, it brings up a lot of memories from the past, and there's a, a lot of people who struggle with this holiday. Yeah, of course, yes. Uh, obviously, I had an uncle who just passed away mm-hmm. last week, so uh, his children are going through the first Father's Day uh, without him and uh, several other people uh, going through similar situations. Mm-hmm. I was reading from... Uh, one of our listeners who lost a son the day before Father's Day uh, a while back. So this day is kind of hard on him, I would imagine. Oh, of course. So just remember that if you're struggling with anything right now, no matter what it is, there's people who love you, people who care, whether you realize it or not. Reach out to somebody, reach out to family, friends. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, uh, call the suicide hotline, 1-800-275-275. 8255, or if you're more of a texter, 741-741. And, of course, you can hang out in a group and get some words of encouragement there or uh, reach out to Tracy or myself. Absolutely. Any time of the day, doesn't matter. We're here for you. Are you ready for the story? I'm ready. So last week, we were doing uh, supernatural, paranormal deaths, that type of thing, people mm-hmm. that were killed from the paranormal. During the midst of me researching that I came across one that I felt like needed a show all of its own. Mm-hmm. So therefore that's what tonight's show was. Awesome. So I kind of did the, the three or four that we linked together last week and I saved this one for this week's show. Good. Excited to hear it. So you remember a few years ago, Netflix came out with an original movie called Veronica. Yes. And you might also remember that this was the movie that was all over social media. It didn't matter if it was Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, when you picked it up. They, and they was marketing it as the uh, like the most scariest movie ever and that uh, most people couldn't even finish watching it. Um, it wasn't true because the movie really wasn't all that scary. A lot of people, you know, when you talked uh, to them, they were like, well, I watched it. I didn't have any problems with it mm-hmm. or whatever the deal was. But it was a great job of marketing, and that's what they get paid to do, so... With that being said, everybody had heard about that movie. Oh, yeah. So, obviously, they did their job. It was also in subtitles because it was, um, uh, I guess, filmed in Spain. It was it was based in Spain, and, and uh, it was done in Spanish with subtitles. And that meant I wasn't going to watch it. I, don't, <laughs> I, I just don't watch movies with subtitles. So, if I was going to read the whole thing in subtitles, I might as well just have the book. The book I mean, that. it's my opinion, anyway. Yeah. So, anyways... I did watch enough of it to see that it wasn't living up to the hype on social media. So what's funny when you think about this, there's only two movies 
that I've ever watched, even partially or all the way, that had subtitles in it. One of them was Veronica, which is about possession, and the other one was Passions of the Christ. Mm-hmm. They couldn't be on more opposite ends of the spectrum. And that's for sure. <laughs> so now, while I didn't feel like the movie lived up to the hype, it is a very scary story of its own. And what I mean by that is some people may know, some people may not, that this was actually based on a real story that happened in Madrid, Spain. The young lady's name was not Veronica. It was Estefania Gutierrez Lazaro. And we're going to tell you her story tonight. And I will guarantee you it's a lot scarier, her real story, than what that movie was. Oh, gosh. So her story starts in Madrid, Spain in 1990 in a little small town called Bayacas. Now, the story of what went on here is better known as the Bayacas haunting. So you'll see it. If you research it, you can find it in either one. I will say that most of the movie does kind of stay fairly close to the actual events that Estefania and her family experienced. Now, the most glaring difference is right off the bat. In the movie, her father passed away, which started leading to all kinds of issues. And um, that's not really what happened in real life. What happened in real life was it was her grandfather. And what happened with her grandfather is scarier than you could ever imagine. Oh, my gosh. He's the one that passed away? Yes. So as I tell you the next part, this is what I want you to do. If you've got the ability to do it. If you're driving, don't do it. Of course not. (laughs) Yeah. But imagine you're a teenager hearing this, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Estefania's grandfather was dying in the hospital. And this was her mom's mom's father. Uh, Her mother, Concepcion... Uh, Gutierrez took the kids to the hospital to see him for what they assumed was going to be the last time Mm -hmm. because he was on his deathbed. So it's important to know that her grandpa absolutely hated the family. What? I have no idea why. Oh. But he did. Grandpas aren't supposed to do that. I understand. But this one did. So one of the final things that he actually said was whispered into Estefania's ear. This is the part where I want you to try to picture this. All right, I'm going to close my eyes. He said, and he said it in Spanish, so I'll give you the English version. If I cannot harm you in this life, I will do so in the next one. So think about that. You're a a teenager. You're coming to see your grandfather on his deathbed, and he whispers this into your ear. You already know that he hates the family. What the heck did she say? I have no idea. So he dies pretty soon after that. I was going to say, I'd be smothering his butt with a pillow. (laughs) But maybe you don't want him to die because then that means terrible stuff's happening. So for the next few months, nothing was really out of the ordinary. Mm -hmm. It was just business as usual. But an unrelated death was going to change all this. Estefania had a uh, tight-knit group of friends, and one of these friends suffered a tragic loss when her boyfriend was killed in a motorcycle accident. Now, depending on who you talk to in the case, Estefania was not really, or, or she was into the occult, but we really don't know to what level. Her mother even said at one point that, yeah, she was into the occult, but, quote-unquote, no more than any other kid her age. 
Okay, that don't make it any better. No. So, I mean, I guess, I'm guess i guessing she's thinking, like, she hangs out at Hot Topic and stuff like that, or she's goth, but really, it, you know what I mean? I'm thinking that's yeah. what, she's, what she yeah, was Yeah, she didn't know the whole thing. So, her friends decided they were going to have a seance to try to contact this girl's boyfriend using a Ouija board, and they did it in her school. Ugh. During school Ugh. hours. What the hey? In the bathroom or something? I think it was in just one of the rooms. Could have been in the bathroom. I'm not really sure. Good grief. Now, this was a Catholic school, so it was probably oh, frowned that's upon. that's even worse. <laughs> okay. Okay, it was definitely frowned upon. So I know this because a nun came in and caught them during the, me- the, the midst of them doing this seance. She was furious. She picked up the board and broke it. Now, what happened next is the key to the rest of the story and maybe the most incredible Ouija board story I've ever heard of. According to the nun... And all the friends that were still in the room, when the board was broken, an unnatural smoke came from the board. It swirled around and went into Estefania's mouth and nose. What? This had a remarkable effect on Estefania. Well, should have went into the nuns. Because she broke it? Yeah. Well, maybe she was too strong for this evil force. Oh. So Estefania then starts having seizures, which she had never experienced before in her life before this incident. She would go into convulsions. During one of these seizures, she actually became stiff as a board and her eyes turned completely white. She would even foam at the mouth when she was having these seizures. She definitely was not herself anymore. She was not the Estefania that she was before the Ouija board incident. She even attacked her family one night in a uh, vicious, aggressive way. And then she went fully unconscious and didn't remember doing any of the attacking. She told her family on more than one occasion that she was being terrorized by shadow people and evil entities. Mm -hmm. And as far as the seizures, it was assumed that maybe she just had epilepsy or some other neurological disorder. So they take her to several different specialists, but no medical condition whatsoever was ever discovered. She appeared to be perfectly healthy. Now, epilepsy is hard to diagnose as it is, and so it is possible that she could have been misdiagnosed by the doctors. But... I mean, have the did the parents see... Her going through all that, like yes. having her seizures? Yes. And they thought it was epilepsy? They thought it could have been. I mean, why else? Did would... they not know about the Ouija board? Well, I mean, you could know about that, but you're not going to assume that that's the first thing. You're going to assume it's something medical, uh-huh. I would think. That's wow. the logical choice. Gosh, that is crazy. She also didn't seem to have any other medical history that would suggest a reason for having developed epilepsy, especially at this time in her life. So yeah. don't believe there's some... Uh, some other things that would, you know, eventually turn into epilepsy, and she didn't have any of that either. So where's the nun in all this? She started all this. She didn't start it. Well, they she started didn't start it. it. Having the, the well, seance. that's very true. She, I mean, did she talk to the, her parents or anything about I don't anything? know anything about that. Oh. That was never mentioned. There okay. was no other mention of the nun other than her breaking the, uh, board, and- breaking the board and saying that that's what happened with the, the smoke. Oh. Okay, sorry. So most doctors seem to think that it was some kind of psychological problem 
uh, stemming from all the stress from recent events. I mean, you can see this. She lost a grandfather. She dealt with the death of a friend, uh, the Ouija board incident in school, and then just being a teenager to begin with. That's a lot. You know. That's a lot to deal with. Others were convinced, though, that she was possessed by her grandfather. Oh, so she told people then that that's what Grandpa said in her ear? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so scary. So things progressively got worse for Estefania. She was constantly tormented. In August of 1990, she told her family that shadow people were not only asked, uh, tormenting her, but they were asking her to come with them. Within two weeks from telling her parents this, Estefania, at the age of 19, died in her bedroom under mysterious circumstances. She didn't. Yep. So does her parent? Her parents knew what Grandpa said to her? Yes. Aww. Yes. That's awful. So in day, within days of Estefania's death, strange things started to happen in the house to the family, so they didn't even get a chance to even start grieving before things started happening to them. Now, this started with knocking coming from Estefania's bedroom. Her mother goes to the room. She opens the door to find all of Estefania's personal belongings had been thrown all over the room. The next eerie thing that happened was the laugh of an old man that could be heard all throughout the house. Dang it, Grandpa. There was also drastic temperature changes that would happen almost instantly throughout the house. I wonder what her, like, her mom thought about her dad doing all this. I don't know. That's really sad. One of the scariest incidents happened at the time when Estefania's dad, Maximo, was playing with his youngest son, which was her little brother, and something grabbed the child and threw him across the room. Things became very unnerving and physical around the house. One night, when the family was sitting in the living room, a door that led to the hallway burst open. Knocks came from all over the walls. Her mom and dad shut the door and slid a sofa and then put a big heavy marble, um, like a statuette, on mm -hmm. top of it to kind of barricade the door. Yeah. Well, what they said happened next was amazing. A torrential gust of wind blew the door open, pushing the furniture completely out of the way. But that wasn't all. During this wind, a framed picture of Estefania was blown into the room. Oh. So this not it blew the family and the furniture away because they were all there. That's up insane. Against this door. So the mom picks this picture up and she screams because the picture inside the frame started burning. Was it a picture of Estefania? Yeah. And it burnt straight down the middle of the picture, right down the middle of her face. But it didn't damage the frame and it didn't damage the glass. Whoa. Paranormal occurrences happened for months, including doors opening and closing on their own, uh, strange knocks and laughs all throughout the house. Now they started to see the same shadow people that their daughter had been seeing before her death. These figures were crawling around the furniture and the beds all during the night oh time hours. <laughs> no way. Oh. As, as Stefania's sister described an incident where they said they saw one of these figures, it was on the ground and it started moving towards the family. So they were all seeing it. Now here's where it starts coming to a head. 
on November 27th of 1990, they were at a loss of what to do, so they called the police. I mean, they were just nervous. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a very small police station, keep in mind, in this little part of town, because this isn't the main Madrid. Yeah. This is like a little part of the town in uh, Bayacas. So the police department definitely wouldn't prepare it for this call. It was Maximo who actually made the phone call, and he says that he and his wife are being plagued by tall, shadowy people and strange happenings in their home. Mm-hmm. Jose Negri took the phone call, and he decided he was going to go out on this call with his, on, for himself with a couple of officers. He assumed that there was an intruder inside the house. Yeah. That would not be the case, and it definitely had no training for what was about to happen. So when the two police cars show up, at the uh, the entire family was sitting outside in the freezing cold waiting for them. They were too scared to go back in the house. Oh, bless your heart. So the police go in with Maximo and Concepcion. There were no sign of forced entry. They checked all the doors, all the windows. Uh, the search didn't find any people in the house. There was no sign of an intruder whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So they start telling the police all about the activity that they'd been encountering. And then they started talking about specific experiences with shadow figures. Concepcion, the mom, she told that there was uh, a situation one time where she was grabbed in the middle of the night by invisible hands. She said she felt a presence on top of her, but there was no one around. And then a pair of hands grabbed her feet and her hand, which were not covered up. Oh, what in the world would you do if that happened to you? I would freak out. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. So probably just out of compassion, Inspector Negri ordered a few men to stay in the living room with Concepcion. And uh, he and the other two officers, they went to the bedroom with Maximo. Now, while they were in the bedroom, they hear this loud bang come from outside the bedroom balcony. They heard something then, very large, roll across the balcony floor. They said it almost sounded like a a giant boulder or something. And and the balcony floor had a tile Mm -hmm. uh, floor to it. So you could imagine what what they could hear. So they go, they open the door. To see what's going on out there, and there was nothing there. There was what? nothing Not on the one thing? nothing on the balcony, nothing that could have made that sound. So they're kind of freaked out a little bit. The officers and Maximo they go to the living room to discuss what happened with the other officers that were in the living room, and uh, the, they talked to them, and they were like, "No, we didn't hear anything." So they heard it in the bedroom, but the people at a couple rooms over didn't hear anything at all. So during this conversation, one of the officers yells, "Duck!" one of the other officers there was this large wooden armoire and a door swung open and barely missed the other officer so the officers pull their gun and they all pull their guns and just like they're nervously pointing it towards the armoire thinking there's somebody in there uh-huh. they check it out there's no people anywhere near it oh my gosh there's no strings or no wires or no trickery Stop. of any kind So they were in total disbelief, as you could imagine. At this point, two of the officers said, "Um, we're going to wait outside. (laughs) We're going to wait outside in the cold. Yeah, we're going to wait outside in the cold. We get where you're coming from. Oh, gosh. The families told the officer then about the death of their daughter. 
while they stood in the dining room. And keep in mind, the daughter died like six months after the Ouija board incident. Mm-hmm. Six months was all it took from the time that it happened Man. from when a perfectly healthy girl got so sick that she passed away. And they really never could tell what she passed, what away, she from. passed away from. She kept having, she kept getting sicker and sicker, but they couldn't find anything wrong with her. Damn it, Grandpa. So the family, they're standing in the dining room talking about their daughter. They explain in detail about how um, these malicious entities were responsible for her daughter's death that they believed. They walked to Estefania's bedroom. There was a crucifix in the middle of the floor. Now, Maximo pointed to a nail that was on the wall, and he said this is where the crucifix had had been hanging for years. But now it's off the wall. Now, the officers look up there, and they see the nail, but also next to the nail is like a poster Estefania had on the wall, and it is like shredded, like with claw marks. Yeah, no. I'd be out of there quick, too. The officers then checked the door leading to that balcony because her bedroom had a balcony, too. It was locked and no one was on the balcony or anywhere near the bedroom. Now, as they were examining the room, these loud knocks started coming from the room, from inside the room. Mm -hmm. Maximo told the officers that he had seen his son pushed by some type of invisible force while they were in that room in the past. Concepcion said that... um, Similar to the previous incident we discussed, her daughter's picture fell off of a table in that room and started burning with the photo paper only, not doing any damage to the frame or the glass. Did he still have that, I wonder? There's pictures of it that I'm going to post. Oh. One of the officers outside the bedroom yelled for the other because he discovered something strange. It was a reddish-colored goo that was on some of the furniture out there in the living room. Neither Maximo or Concepcion had ever seen this before. This was a good opportunity for the family to tell the police about the bathroom. It's a bathroom that they don't use, and for very good reason. They told him that they would hear strange noises and sudden drops of temperature in there. So they described it as an icy chill that would engulf anyone that was in the room. So Inspector Negre walks in, he feels the hair on the back of his neck stand straight up. He wasn't the only one. The other ones that walked in there felt the exact same thing. They noted in their report that it was significantly colder in that room than the rest of the house. Now, police officers are trained observers. That's what they're, they're designed to pick up on everything. Now, they're not usually called in on paranormal events, granted, um, when they do their reports, though, on something that's unexplainable, they almost always refuse to report that what they saw was paranormal. They yeah, just don't, I mean, they just I don't gonna, list it that way. I was going to say, what would they say? The reports of this incident, though, are filled with events that the officers swore they witnessed and were paranormal. The family eventually moved out, and when they did, everything stopped. Wow. So I guess hope it didn't. Hopefully, it didn't follow them to wherever they went. No, nope, supposedly nothing after they left. So the question is, what do you think that was? Was that her grandpa? Was it just some other entity that might have came in through the board during the séance and not been connected to that at all? And then the other question is, 
why would it just leave? Because from all my understanding, the people who've moved into that condominium after the fact haven't had any issues. So is is she the only one Grandpa said that to? Yes. Now I feel like it's Grandpa. I really do. Now, I don't know what he had against her that was so terrible, but I mean, it's like he didn't waste any time either. Yeah, I would definitely like to know more about Grandpa and what mm-hmm. the, his beef with the family would was. Yeah. And maybe him doing the extra stuff after she passed away was just... His way of being able to get to her. Yeah. I believe, Grandpa, what's happening? Grandpa, people love Grandpa's. Why do you have to be mean? That was... That was disturbing. I told you. That was not a good story. Well, depends on how you look at it. It's not good for them. No. But it's very entertaining to listen to if you like that kind of thing. No, it is. But I'm glad that the thing stopped... After they moved out. Can you imagine having to live with that all your life? Having that crap go on around I you? I mean, it's bad enough you, your daughter died than having all that extra stuff on top of it. It does not make for anything good. And I know it may not seem as bad, but next week's story, and I'm not going to tell you what it is because I don't want you going and researching it, <laughs> but next week's story is right up there with that type of a haunting, uh, the Amityville haunting, the uh, conjuring haunting with the Perrin family. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do it, if everything goes as planned, we're going to do it much like we did the conjuring story where we're going to have this gentleman who actually went through the haunting. It's very well known. You'll know it as soon as you hear it if you're into the paranormal at all. And I've... Got an appointment to do an interview with him. We will do that like the Andrea Perrin one where we'll tell you the story and then have him expound on it. So it'll be the only time we've done that besides Andrea. So I'm oh, very excited cool. about this. Well, good. That's exciting. But I, as soon as I say it, something happened and we won't be able to do the interview Wednesday and then I'll be like, well, we couldn't do it, blah, 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 blah. So yeah. we'll just wait. And once I do the interview, I'll tell everybody what it is. <laughs> Dakota is on the show tonight in a little segment that uh, myself and her did. It's a little fun segment. I know um, people tend to uh, really like when she's on the show, so we did a little something that was just fun. Yeah, she was excited to be on the show for sure. Yep, without a doubt. And we've got some Patreons and iTunes stuff to do that Uh Tracy is going to gladly read. Oh, right now? Well, not exactly right now, but right after this word from our last sponsor of the evening. That was right on cue. It was. (laughs) So what I want you to do is... Search and subscribe to Haunted Places. You can do it on Spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Again, search Haunted Places or visit parkcast.com slash haunted to start listening right now. Yes. Oh, cool. All right, hon. Um, our iTunes reviews is from Leah Bella One, Diva Diana, Macy Eastley, Jen Fizzy, Mowgli63, G Gal three, Chuck Wagon Yost, Sid thirteen thirteen, Mom one o one six o nine, and Tanley J. Thank you guys for your such great reviews. They were awesome. We appreciate y'all so much taking your time out to do that. It's great. Our Patreons this week is Walt Grenier, Kobe Gurley, Kathy McClurg. And Mary Bates. Thank you guys for your awesome support. Uh, K 
Kathy, thank you for bringing all the stuff to Bobby Mackey's last week. Was that awesome or what? That well, Kathy has just had like everything under the sun. So we're doing this event at Bobby Mackey's, and and they don't have air conditioning or heat during any time except Friday and Saturday nights when they're open. We did this on a Sunday, obviously, and I had sent out a message to everybody that hey, there's not going to be drinks available. Uh, so if you want to bring something, bring your own drinks. Yeah. Non-alcoholic. Yeah. And she shows up and she's like, oh, I got all kinds of bottled water. I got all, because she, she was like, brought enough for like 25 people. Oh, I know she did. It was amazing. So very nice. Bobby Mackey's was ex- flat up awesome. Yeah. It was a great we, time. We had people that had very weird feelings. We had listeners there that got scratched. Yep. Uh, we had listeners that told us stuff in private that it happened that they don't want out. Mm-hmm. Uh, needless to say, it's the only live show we've had where incidents happened. And obviously, it's one of the only ones we've ever done inside of the haunted place. So that makes us very excited to go back. And we're going to work something out. We've talked to uh, them already. We're going to um, maybe do two shows next year yeah i can guarantee awesome. you we will set them up for like april uh-huh. and like september or october where <laughs> it it's not burning up it was so hot oh my gosh it was so hot it was so hot and like i say uh kathy was amazing she had like little uh sandwich bags and she filled it full of ice for me because it was just like crazy hot in there so yeah but it was awesome and we got to go to lunch with a bunch of you guys oh so. my gosh that was amazing that was a lot of fun. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. We get some wow. little, little thunder ambiance going on in the background here. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. It's thundering really bad. Ninja don't like it. So We also want to do a special shout-out. Uh, there is a baby that will be born next month, and uh, I'm sure he'll be a little hillbilly. That's what we're <laughs> all for. So we want to give a big shout-out to Braxton Mobley, who will be here in about a month. Yay. So Can't wait cool. to meet Braxton. Yeah, we got to meet Braxton's dad when we did the Cincinnati show last uh-huh. year with Dina and, and yeah. Ohio. So it's very pretty, exciting. Pretty cool. Uh, speaking of which, let's get this uh, little housekeeping out of the way because we got Dakota coming on. But the tickets to the Atchison, Kansas show, that's getting closer. That's in August. But that one is literally 20 tickets from selling out. Uh-huh. So, and, and as we start getting closer, that'll start going quicker and quicker as we found out with, with some of these other shows, like uh, the Indianapolis show. We've sold a ton of tickets this week for Indianapolis, mm-hmm. so, or last week, I should say, because it's a new week. Yeah. So, get your tickets for Indianapolis. Come see us. It's going to be fun. And there's going to be a lot of podcasters up at that show. Yeah. Um, Jess from Shoes, Booze, and Tattoos is going to be there. Of course, Natasha is going to be there. you got our three shows. You've got... Uh, Oh, man. So many other people. Oh, gosh, yeah. That I can't even place. <laughs> but, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, we're excited. We can't wait. Well, your rap song came out this week. I can't release it yet. What rap but, song? You know, oh, the, the one with, the, the, the one, with Mike? Yeah, the one with, oh. with Tragic Times. Mm-hmm. But I got to hear it. It's pretty cool. He said he's going to release it, I think, next month. So when he does, everybody get to hear it. We'll, I'll make Thank him let Mike. us throw it on the show. Pretty cool. So you can listen to it for free instead of having to buy it. <laughs> but um i don't know i feel i feel really good about all the stuff that's that's going on we've uh upgraded our equipment this is the first regular show 
that uh, so hopefully you guys hear a little better sound quality than than what we've had in the past mm-hmm. we are still working on getting <laughs> this, it figured we got out a, we got a, a mixer that's got a whole lot more buttons and bells and whistles than what the other one did so we're still trying to figure out to get it perfect so as we tweak tweak it we'll get better <laughs> i hope so all right so let's listen to this little bit with us in dakota All right, I have a special guest. She's been on the show before. No, it's not Andrea Perrin. <laughs> it's my granddaughter, Dakota. Hello, again. So, yes, I am back again, and I'm very excited to be doing this again. So, let's bring it on to Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I thought it would be cool just to get your opinion on some things from the paranormal, will you tell everybody what you like to do as far as uh, what type of shows you like to watch paranormal-wise? Um, well, honestly, I don't really pay attention to what they're called. But like I said before, um, you had asked sort of like a similar question. And so I just like to watch the shows where I get to see how some ghosts or spirits would react to... um just what kind of what humans do and i like when they bring in sort of like if it's a child spirit sometimes they'll bring in toys or something or things to remind them of their past i like shows like that um so i just think it's very interesting to watch that kind of stuff okay and you've said a thousand times who's your favorite paranormal investigator jack kenna <laughs> Jack, we're going to get Jack on the show. I, t- I talked to Jack last week, but we're going to get him back on the show soon. Him and Michelle, hopefully. Cool. So let's talk a little bit about ghosts and what ghosts are. So we know houses are haunted. Sometimes they can be like a poltergeist activity. Sometimes it's just a ghost, as some people would say. And other times people say it's possibly a demon in the house. Mm-hmm. So let's just say that you lived in a haunted house and it was your, you think, a, a great grandparent or something that was haunting the house that you lived in. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the reason why that ghost would still be in the house if nothing bad happened to them? Let's just say they didn't get killed or um, didn't die in the house, but now they're at the house visiting. What? Why do you think that would be? Well, honestly, I would think that they would be at the house because um, they would just, like, want to be able to see their family again, that they probably want to sort of say good, wanted to say goodbye to before something happened where, well, now they're, like, now they've died, and so they just sort of want their presence to be known sometimes, and so they go to that person's house if they know where it is, honestly, but um, and they probably have Google Maps; they can find it. <laughs> um, and just stick around for a little bit because they weren't ready to say goodbye yet, and so they just miss their family. Do so, you, Do you think sometimes they would come if they feel like that that person in the house needs comforting for something? Do you think that could be the reason why they would come? Maybe in some cases, so basically, yes and no. Yes, because maybe they would be there to comfort them in critical times where they, they knew. But 
I feel like in some cases they wouldn't come just for comfort, just because, like, they just wanted to be there to f- make themselves feel good. So what if it's a haunting and it's not somebody you know? So you just live in a house and it just is somebody who maybe used to live there years ago or you don't know who the ghost is. You just know there's a ghost in a house. What do you think the reason for that ghost being there would be? Well, for the reason for that ghost to be there, I think it would be because, um, like, they some in some time sometimes on shows they're holding on to something. Maybe there's something there that's very valuable to them that they're there for, not just to haunt the people that live there now. So, like, maybe they hid some gold in the house and they want to get it back. Um, not like that, but <laughs> <laughs> just something like. That means something to them. I don't know. It could be something. Let's say if you had a barn in their bo- in the barn, they could have had something there. And so sometimes they attach themselves to it. So it's kind of hard to like let it go and move on. So out of everything important that they might want to latch onto, you came up with a barn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you watch too much Little House on the Prairie. Okay. So, let me ask you this. A lot of these shows you probably watch, they say if there's a little kid ghost, mm-hmm. sometimes it could be a child, or sometimes it could be a demon pretending to be a child. What's your thoughts on that? Um. Well, if it's a demon pretending to be a child, maybe it would do something to make it feel like it had a playmate, sort of like an invisible friend that was actually there um and so they might be able to like lure them in a little bit to do something dangerous that might get them to like i don't know harm themselves and not on purpose hopefully but to like join them or something or just just to be really rude and mean i suppose are you scared of demons yes i would be (laughs) So do you think that imaginary friends are always imaginary friends? Or do you think there are cases where they are spirits that only children can see? Um, I've, Well, I've watched some things where, like, I don't quite remember what they were, but where a child was playing just by, her, by him or herself, and... They were. They seemed to have been talking, and it got the the parents or whoever was there's interest. And they would ask questions like, "Who are you talking to? Who are you playing with?" And <clears throat> they would say, "Oh, just my friend or something." And not always, in my opinion, would it be like an imaginary friend. Maybe sometimes there are child spirits there because, um, you know, not all spirits are adults. Some kids lost their lives very early, and so maybe they also want, like, a playmate or somebody just to be there who's sort of, like, in their age range, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, and so I don't think, in every case, imaginary friends are just imaginary. Have you ever had an imaginary friend? Uh, I think one time, but it was for sure imaginary. It wasn't like <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> a spirit or anything. 
What's your favorite thing that they do on the ghost hunting shows? I mean, is it... Just trying to, like, get the ghost's attention to do stuff to make their presence known. Like, they could say, like, if you're... If so-and-so is there, like, throw something. Like, throw something at us. Mm -hmm. Walk in front of this, this camera. And, like... They would capture that, and it, they would get to show it, and I think that's pretty cool. And how old are you again? I'm 10. And you're going to be 11 in just a few months? Actually, just one month. Don't correct me on my own show. <laughs> You'll be 11 when I say you're 11. Okay. It's August, right? No, it's July 16th. August? We just covered this. No. Don't correct me <laughs> on my own show. <laughs> no, so yeah, you're going to be 11 next month. Yes. And do you remember last year when we had uh, Adam Berry sing Happy Birthday to you? Yes, it was it Nowhere was near awesome. your birthday. It was like April. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. But I had him on the show then, so we had to do it when we could do it. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. He was, uh, he was a very nice guy. And you like Adam and Amy and all those, don't you? Mm-hmm. Well- I mean, I don't watch them much, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Wrapping up. What do you think happens when a person dies? Oh, my. I've been thinking about that sometimes. Um, well, I don't know if because we haven't had like enough to prove anything yet. It's either that or I haven't just looked into it as um, much. I don't know if you know, but there's been millions and millions and millions of people die. So there's enough to prove stuff. Well, I know that, but I over probably, the years, there's been a lot. I know. <laughs> I probably just haven't looked into it that much. Um, but I'm not for sure if every person who dies turns into a demon or a ghost or a spirit, or if it's just some people. I don't know if they have like a specific reason. Maybe. If, I think maybe if they're still holding on to something, they might turn into spirits. But that's just my theory in some ways. So, but do you think, do you think that everybody, first of all, has a spirit or a soul inside of them? I mean, maybe. That's what I'm going to say for now, is a maybe. Okay. Until I look, like, further into it. To maybe get some answers. Well, I wouldn't want to keep you from getting your research done, so I don't <laughs> want you to give an uneducated answer. So yeah. I'll I'll let you err on the side of caution and tell that story later. Okay. Yeah. So what's your favorite thing to do that's not paranormal related? That's not paranormal related? Right. Probably read, write, or watch TV. <laughs> That's pretty much everything. So, <laughs> not big on getting outside, are you? <laughs> not really. <laughs> Makota, it was fun having you back on again. So, I'm glad you could make time to do this. Well, I live here and I have a lot of time. <laughs> so, thanks. <laughs> All right. I love you. We'll be doing this soon. All right. Love you. It's so much fun doing stuff with her. She I gets know. so excited to be on here. I'm so proud of her. She's such a good girl. She um, 
she gets nervous, obviously. She gets antsy. She moves around a lot in her chair. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One thing I want to throw in here before we get off here, um, obviously, big thank you. And our Patreon supporters, we always keep trying to give you more and more and more. And one of the things that I came up with, eventually, I wanted to make this a full-time podcast. Uh, But as of right now, I think we're going to do... About one a month. I don't have a certain time where it's coming out or anything, but about once a month, I'm just going to give you a few a, a little side project that I want to start working on. Uh, but it's called Music Misfortunes, mm-hmm. and it's basically going to be tragedies in music. Could be rock, could be jazz, whatever. All right. But I've got the. It's going to be a completely different concept. Of what we do, it's not going to be paranormal. It's not going to be rock and roll in the occult. It's just going to be tragic stories, and uh, it's hopefully things that. You really aren't familiar with. Everybody knows about the Leonard Skinner, you know, Leonard Skinner plane crash and uh, stuff like that. I want to try to do some stuff that you don't know. Sounds good. But uh, it's on Patreon, um, so I'll be able to actually use music that you know, not supposed to, but that could get us in trouble here. But yeah, Patreon will be okay because it's not as many people as on there. But um, the concept I think would be something you guys would like. It'd be a little more serious. It'd probably just be me doing it solo. So, um, but I think it'd be uh, produced a little differently than what you're used to. So I'm excited about it. I got the first one written and uh, it'll take a little more editing and stuff than what I usually, uh, we usually have to do with this show. So even though it'd be a 10 or 15 minute episode, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Mm -hmm, Of course. So I'm excited to be able to give that to you. And hopefully the first one will be out next week. Good, baby. All right. Let's wrap it up. Okay. We'll see you guys next week in Indianapolis. We will. You guys have a blessed, blessed week. And uh, just smile. Make everybody happy. We love you. This is Justin Rimmel from Mysterious Circumstances and Rev 9-6. This is Jerry. And Tracy. From From Hillbilly Hillbilly Horror Horror Stories. Do we have a special treat for you? By now, you know that we are doing a live episode in Atchison, Kansas on August 10th. Atchison is home to the infamous Sally House. Atchison is one of the most haunted towns in America. So with the help of Maria Miller, we have an entire weekend in store for you. This is Maria Miller, Tourism Director for Atchison, Kansas. We're excited to welcome all of your listeners to the most haunted town in Kansas and one of the most haunted towns in the country, Atchison, where history repeats itself every single day in the most unusual of ways. You better get your tickets now because we have lots of exciting events planned for you. Besides our live show at Paolucci Restaurant, which is one of the most haunted restaurants in America, there will be haunted trolley rides, cemetery tours, tours of the Sally House, and even an investigation of the Sally House, if you're not too scared. You can get your tickets for all of the Atchison events at hillbillyhorrorstories.com. See you in Kansas. Kansas.